Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paul Hawksby. And Sam Delaney. And this is the H&J Daily Podcast. Sam uh, was in for Andy today. We'll be on Monday as well. Andy's uh, uh, having a bit of a lovey uh, few days up at the Edinburgh Festival. There was nothing lovey about our show this afternoon. It wasn't no. really. Not particularly lovey. No. Um, it was a straightforward, yeah. uh, does what it says on the tin no, sort non, of no thing. Nonsense, yeah. No nonsense, it? exactly. Well, we, um, basically, you got some stuff off your chest, the things you'd stolen, which was good of you. Um, you told us about some weird and wonderful kits you'd seen in various places, and uh, you'll discover why. We were talking about kits when uh, you'll hear from uh, Sam in a few moments. And, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we covered some ground. We also had a chat with Rupert Bell, who had a few issues, didn't he? And, uh, yeah, it's, it, it had a booze-infused ice lolly. Yeah. And it appeared to well, be repeating on him. It did take its toll, as you will hear. So uh, there we are, some of the best bits now of this afternoon's show. <laughs> Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Sam. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Paul. You are fresh from good the Isle of Wight, aren't you? Literally, did. came straight on the little train from Shanklin this morning. Beautiful. Isn't, this that, a, isn't that exotic? A place you love? I love it. I love it in the yeah. Isle of Wight. Yeah, I go there every summer. People may not be aware that the little train you're talking about, the, 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 tell the boys and girls what, what they use for people who haven't been there. It's an old metropolitan line, one carriage or like three carriages from yeah. an old metropolitan line train that looks that hasn't been altered at all so it's like a very old train I don't know from what era I think it might be back from the 50s or 60s mm. and they've got it over there and it just goes around the west of the island only yeah. amongst like sort of eight stops and it ends up right out on the end of a pier the track goes right to the end of the mm. pier so you step directly off it and onto the ferry which feels quite precarious but it's like a little journey through time. Yeah, point. I do. Well, I feel well, like I've come here yeah. through time. Via the 50s. Mm. And um, now here I am in the, what would you say, this decade well, the, we're in this here. Is the, this studio about the late 80s. The late 80s, The way my yeah. headphones are working at the moment, I'd say the early 70s, but yeah. uh, more on that later. So what's interesting that probably a lot of people do when they're on holidays, particularly in the UK, is you get quite competitive yeah. about how many shirts you see of your own club yeah. versus other clubs. So in the Isle of... But... but I think you only have eyes. I think you've got special spectacles. You've only got eyes for your own club's colours. Mm-hmm. So we go and stay in a place called Shanklin, and a lot of people are wearing football shirts, or they might have flags in the sand. Oh, yeah. And is, that, is that a thing, then, flags in the sand? People sometimes have flags <clears throat> in the sand on a busy beach, like okay. they do at festivals, you know, oh, to sort of, you know... What like were their football On our on beach, there was a, there's always a very big Burnley flag right oh, okay. at the open the beach that yeah. we go to that's a long way it's from a, Burnley the Isle a, of I know yeah so I always think that I'd like to think it was it was littered with Pompey uh, flags it's, well that's, that's the thing country, it, yeah, it's, it's very much so the yeah, locals yeah, yeah. but the tourists everyone's wearing their different shirts right, oh, right. so I'm there with my nieces who's, yeah, who are yeah. big Spurs fans oh yeah and uh, 
they're going, I can't believe how many Tottenham shirts I've seen on this oh, holiday. Really? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. It's <laughs> been all West Ham. And I was serious. And they said, what are you talking about? We haven't seen a single West Ham. We've been counting it. It's been like, it's like we're in North London. It's all Spurs fans. And I could only see West Ham fans. And I think people all do that on holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you look out and you only see, you kind of a blinkered to rival shirts, mm. aren't you? And you ca- I don't know if you ever do it, but oh, I, yeah, sure, I sort yeah. of make a mental tot up mm. of all the West Ham shirts, hats or memorabilia I see. <laughs> and I come away from almost anywhere which on, in the which world. Which on match day at, at the London Stadium must be must take you ages. No, Just I mean when, when I'm away. on my holidays. Oh, okay, fair enough. When I'm on my holidays. And wherever yeah. I've been in the world, I come back saying it's absolutely full of West Ham. Yeah, well, the club, Whether it's the Isle of Wight or right out in California or yeah. wherever it is, it's absolute. But I, th- I think <clears> it's just, I think you sort of see it. You know, like that film, I See Dead People. Oh, yeah, that's I it. See yeah, West yeah. Ham fans. You've uh, you've already won a trophy this year, we shouldn't forget, the Betway Trophy. Yeah, that's um, the one, that's yeah. the big one. Except when uh, Adrian went to lift the Betway Trophy, mm. do you know, it had gone missing in transit. Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. They had to go down the, the local um, Timpsons and, do you know, like get one with a bloke just sort of throwing a dart. Well, funnily enough, I did see the trophy and <laughs> yeah. did think that looks like <laughs> one you get from the key cutters. Yeah. Or the place that <laughs> I think you, it was. you go in to get your shoes resold. Yeah. And while you're out, you go, I'll have one of those trophies you've got that's as well, what, That's please. what Adrian did. That's he exactly got, what it looks new, like. Got a yeah. new set of keys cut. He bought. He had his. Uh, he had got Blakey's <laughs> on his boots for next season, and uh, he got a new. He got the Betway replacement. Tro- Who loses a trophy in transit? I mean, Especially I one as auspicious yeah. as the Betway Cup. I mean, Pickles will find it. I'm thinking this is never since the Jules Rime yeah. went missing has there been such an international scandal surrounding a missing trophy. I think it's a bit hard for a dog to get in its mouth. Pickles is long gone, but yeah. perhaps one of Pickles' um, offspring. I don't know yeah. if you ever had puppies. Well, they'd all be dead by now. Wouldn't I? I don't mm. want to bring you down, Did folks, Pickles but... die a widow? A uh, well, I've got no, no idea. He, did, he died a bachelor. I think he, he did. Well known, he, yeah. he, was a confer- he was a confirmed bachelor, as the tabloids probably would have called him. Slightly sinisterly, <laughs> as they always do. Now, um, got the uh, Callum Smith uh, George Gross fight coming up uh, very soon in Jeddah. Uh, you aware of this? They're off to they're off to Saudi Arabia to fight. Yeah, peculiar uh, yeah, setting. It, it's quite odd. And uh, talking about it today was the the venerable and the most seasoned of boxing writers, Colin Hart. And he said, I've only been to the kind of that part of the world before, gone into in the, the Arab world before uh, to watch a fight. And he said that was uh, in Cairo. And um, he, he was mainly writing about the fact that it was, it was a Chris Eubank fight against uh, Luis Barrera, the, the Argentinian. And he said it was a platform for Eubank's eccentricity. He rode a camel wearing jodhpurs. Lovely. Not the camel, obviously, Chris, I would imagine. <laughs> the, the sub should have had a look at that sentence. I'd love to see a camel in jodhpurs. His <laughs> trademark monocle, again, not the camel, and carrying a gold top cane, which I'm guessing was again, the camel. Yeah. That was the camel. But... Um, he pointed out that uh, no, nobody went. They rented a crowd. They ordered a couple of thousand army and sea cadets to sit ringside and make noise. Most of them looked bored. So they, these people <laughs> were what they call in the, the, uh, the uh, In the Loop film, mm. room meat. Room meat, yeah. yeah. So they effectively were just people put in there just mm. to be in the room. Yeah. So I thought we might ask the listeners this afternoon, have they ever been room meat? Have they ever been just kind of brought in? to watch something yeah. because no one else has ever turned up. So um, other stuff to run past you as well. Uh, already, um, we've heard from Boyce, who's a Brentford fan who who's, uh, lives in Shanklin, says the train on the Isle of Wight was in 1936, but Ooh. a couple of years ago we got upgraded to carriages from 1938. Wow. That's nice, isn't it? A real... Really brought it up to date, didn't they? Those yeah. two years make all the Absolutely, difference. Absolutely. They, they really were air-conned, do. which is probably more than they are now. 
So, yeah, old tube carriages. Thank you very much for that. And um, I can confirm I'm the only Scumforp United shirt wearer right now on the beach in Cos, says <laughs> Tim. You've been looking round for brethren, have you? But Tim's having no joy at all. So if you are currently listening to us uh, on holiday, uh, what other shirts have you spotted? Mm. Let's do a bit of that. Let's do that. To see what you've got. Uh, and Paul, let me ask you something. When you see a fellow Spurs fan and yeah. you're walking along the promenade oh, yeah. with your 99 or what have you, do you shout, come you Spurs? I'll give them a little, come you Spurs. Call yeah. them, call them oh, I always mouth. do it. Yeah. Right. You're right. It's, it's just got the to be noise. the corner of the mouth. I just go, because that's polite. You've yep. got to do it out of the corner because you don't want to impinge upon other people's holidays. But at the same time, you have to show you have to, yeah. one of, you're one of us. You have to let on. The only now, way you can go do on it, your irons. It's not enough to give them a nod because they, no, they might. They think, don't know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, but it's got it's got to be hammers, of course. So you go, we have a we have a, a visual symbol which is to cross our arms you like don't crossed do hammers. That, though, do sometimes, you? You look like some eighties boy band. But do you don't don't the Spurs fans should invent something where you kind of have a visual. Uh, manifestation sign language for the cockerel, like a bit of a ma- yeah, but, um, a cockerel. Just well, bend like, your hand, just bend your hand, bend your hand, bit like a teapot, yeah, and pretend you stand on top of a football, oh, yeah. and then people know that this you're. Isn't, you're a this is 1970 in this studio, <laughs> isn't it? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I wonder how glorious Goodwood is today. I imagine pretty glorious. I saw lots of people on the... Uh, sorry to keep going back to the Isle of Wight train, but there was a, a, a lot of people on their way all doled up oh, for really? Glorious Goodwood in high spirits, yeah. Nice. Well, uh, sweating out, of course, for TalkSport, as he has all week, is Rupert Bell. Hi, Rupert. Yeah, it is. I am sweating out, but I've just refreshed myself with a lovely rosé and strawberry popsicle. Oh, oh my nice. goodness. Wow. And it, it Times have changed, haven't they, from the old yeah. fab days? Yeah. Yes, and and eight um, percent it was. Um, so an eight percent lolly. Steady yeah. on. Do you as a kid? Remember, you used to go to the ice cream van and get a beer lolly, and you yes. and then you pretend, pretend to be drunk. You, oh, 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 I've had three beer lollies. <laughs> I'm all over the place. I love you. I'll fight any man. You'd have a couple of beer lollies, and you. I used to do that with yeah. cans of top deck Is as that well. Right? Yeah, you yeah. Know, like the top deck. Can a load of top decks shandy and then bass. behave like you were paralytic. A couple of shandy yeah. bash. You're going, come on then. <laughs> anyway, so, Rupert, we digress. But, well, but that's, but that's what goes on at Goodwood. Yes, I yeah. think. I, I'll tell you what, I don't know how much ice they've got here, but they've probably had to bring in about 10 lo- articulated lorry loads of it because oh. uh, there's a lot of, lot, 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 a lot of liquid being taken on board here today. And there's about 20 odd thousand people here. It is, again, um, a, we can forget what's going on in the cricket. This is a little oasis here of um, a, a sporting calm. And, it, and we've got one more day to come tomorrow. But this is just uh, a heavenly place to come for a, for a day out racing. And, and we've got good racing. This is the Bombard Sapphire Glorious Stakes. I've sampled their product too this morning. So uh, all... <laughs> you fit to broadcast, Rupert. Well, I've worked on the breakfast show for long enough. To... <laughs> uh, you know, of course, it's done. Yeah, you know, it's done. I know how, it, I know how it's That's done. That's an I'm intravenous just... drip that Alan uses. It, That's slightly yeah. different. Yeah. I, well, I'm making up for it. He hasn't been here this week, so no. someone's got someone's got to fly the flag for Talk Sport down here. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to work in the channelised Bimbingus of the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Have you ever had a, a home invasion by an animal? I had a bird fly down my chimney once. Oh, did you really? Um, it was terrifying, actually. I think we've had something wander in. I think I think I've. It's probably been birds. It's like a pigeon in the, the bird come down pigeon in the kitchen or something. And I was in the house on my own, and I, I I was glad I was on my own because I reacted like such a coward. I would have felt I really would have lost even more of the, the kids, respect of my the children kids you and, and wife. On a chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they go ballistic mm. and they they start flapping around, they panic. Yeah. So I ran. I ran well, you up. would, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, the birds thinking, what am I doing there? Although I did think, well, you, you came down the chimney, mate. You should have thought that's yeah, true. I didn't, I didn't drag you in. No, that's true. Anyway, I've, I actually Googled that, and I and they said the way to get them out is hold a, a uh, blanket up at the window. Really? They keep, it kept flying into the window repeatedly because it doesn't it didn't understand the very notion of glass, Paul. No, and it so it's just flying into well, the window a like an idiot. To it, isn't it really? You hold a blanket up at the window from outside, yeah. flies out through the door. Anyway. That's just a little life hack for anyone oh, who may that's, find that's themselves though, yeah. The reason I bring that up is that there's this story of a woman in Vancouver, 95 years old, and a black bear. She had much bigger worries than me. A black bear. Down the chimney? No, not down the chimney. I don't know how it got in, but it got in twice in one day. Wow. First time she's seen it, and she's just shooed it off. Right? I think it was but posing it was, from a bloke, bloke from the gas board. It, was, it, was, go, it was going through a, through a kitchen cupboard, yeah. you know, like the tiger who came to tea. Hmm. And then he's come back. She shooed him away. He's come back. She reacted, may I say, with a lot more bravery than I did about a sparrow. Yeah. Because um, these black bears are lethal. She said, <laughs> he came back and he made a mess. Mm. She's 95 this woman. He made a mess. I was really annoyed with him. Yeah. It's a massive black bear in her kitchen. And I told him to go. He looked at me and then he grabbed something. I don't know what it was. I don't know. You could it wasn't the car keys. He didn't take off in a motor, did he? <laughs> and then he, he was, he, he then he uh, shooed him and he was out. They've got CCTV footage of him as well. I don't know how she managed to capture that. But um, she was lucky. He could have broken her in two, couldn't he? Really? He absolutely he? could have done. I mean, yeah. I just think it's amazing that she just said. And and also, if a bear, if a if a, if a killer yeah. was in my kitchen, <clears> I would be more than annoyed. I think it's just a funny way to describe her yeah. response. So you know, I was annoyed by this bear. What happens if you hold a blanket up against the window for bears in your house? Does that know, make I think any difference? He probably rips it to shreds. And you too. <laughs> uh, she said that, that now the uh, com- conservation officers are on the lookout. They've set up a trap in yeah. the home in case he comes back and 
she, but she said very magnanimously, she hopes they don't catch the wild animal. She says, I hope they don't catch him because they say if they do, they'll have to kill him. He was a beautiful black bear, nice and chubby. That's lovely, isn't, isn't it? Isn't that a lovely yeah. story? There was a story today of one in a car. It's, um, it, was, it broke into someone's car and mm. had food in it. Well, they tell you not to do that. It's sort of Yellowstone at the National Parks. There's big signs. Yeah, don't, don't leave... even leave a crisp packet no, in there. No, don't when leave anything in Yosemite, they, yeah. they will rip the, the car open. the door off, yeah. yeah. Well, this one was just sitting in the car, and yeah. uh, it had the lot. It ripped everything up. Helping and itself. Putting all the CDs on. Yeah. And uh, just changing all the channels. <laughs> did all of that. Helping itself to some polo mints that yeah. they kept in the glove compartment. And then it Disgusting. went piling out when he'd had his fill. Mm. Now, have you ever nicked anything that you now regret? <laughs> <laughs> I asked yeah, the question. I because... nicked something once and immediately regretted it. Okay. What was it? I nicked a, you know, when I was very bouncy balls. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> that you get in a toy shop. Mm. I nicked it oh, under, wow. under the influence of peer pressure when I was about 12. Yeah. And I was a poor thief who was immediately caught. And I, rea- again, it's another story of cowardice. I reacted so badly to being caught. I was so upset and, mm. like, you know, the tears were well in my eyes. That the security guard took pity on me. Let you go. And just went, I'm just going to let you go, mate. He just said it as if, like, you're, you're pathetic. I've seen some bad thieves in my day, but you are. <laughs> you're pathetic. not even any good at it. Just get going. But if you'd gone on then to a, a life as an international jewel thief, yeah. it would have been down to him, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, but in a way, I think that had I got away with nicking the ball that day, I'd have been more likely That's to have true. gone on to be the next Pink Panther. Now, I asked that question because there was a story uh, yesterday. Um, he'd had a few drinks, this fella. And he nicked a very posh hotel's ancient key from its banqueting hall. <laughs> it was at Lumley Castle, County Durham, and he'd had a few. And uh, he, uh, yeah. Um, the trouble is, he did this 40 years ago. What? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's basically it turned up in the post this week at Lumley Castle. And the letter <laughs> with it said, back in the 70s, to my shame, uh, 1970s this was of course not the 18s I arrived home with the enclosed keys after an intoxicating evening at Lumley Castle and and so the guilt has lived with him oh, no. since the 70s for 40 years he's, he's lived with this this burden yeah and in the end he couldn't take it anymore every time he looked at this um, this kind of old banqueting hall key and he's now sent it back yeah, I mean if he lived with that burden so long what was stopping him sending it back sooner I don't know Look, that's the we'll, bit gap in the story we'll, that bothers me so maybe the listeners a little amnesty there, there, there may be some of you out there today that that, um, that that nicked something many years ago um, or, or an overdue lend that's which is sort yeah. of you know there's a fine line between an overdue lend and theft isn't that, there that, that's very and true there, and there's a stage at which it goes past where you're almost too embarrassed to give it back I had that with a paddling pool <laughs> I was lent really? the paddling pool, yeah, and a year went by without me yeah. returning it. And by the time they start, you know, a, a year later when I sort of thought I've got to get it back, you know, it's sort of screwed up in the corner of the garden, covered in snails and and a mess and all of that. Yeah. So then you think hopefully they've forgotten, but then of course it becomes tantamount to theft, really, well, doesn't it? That's it. Well, you got that off your te- chest. You're going to send it back to the person. You, you it went back touch- to them in the end, it and it was back. a very awkward situation where yeah. I returned it in a right old state. They'd forgotten about it, but then I, I realised at the point I handed it over, I could have got away with it and forgotten about it. And yeah, instead, yeah, I was yeah. la- handing them this terrible old dishevelled useless now probably full of punctures and they would they would just obviously really put, put out by it well if anything you want to get off your chest talk sportless if, if you've uh, had a, a long-term lend slash uh, thieved something <laughs> that you feel guilty about you still feel guilty about um it's an amnesty this afternoon you can tell us about it and hopefully that will lead you to uh, 
to send it back. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, we mentioned uh, the other day up at Lumley Castle, uh, 40 years after it was stolen, an old key from the banqueting hall turned up with a letter from a shamefaced punter who said, back in the 70s, I arrived home with the enclosed key after an intoxicating evening at Lumley Castle. He dwelt on this. It bothered him for 40 years, and in the end he could live with the guilt no more. Mm. So he wondered if you had anything like that you want it to get off your chest. Um, and a man, uh, tell, I, I, I just call him Millwall, shall I? That's obviously not his name. I immigrated <laughs> to the USA, uh, where I still live, and knowing I wouldn't have any financial future in England, I didn't pay my last insurance premium on my car uh, for £96. I figured oh. they're not coming out of Philadelphia to get paid. Do I send a cheque? Well, that's between you and your conscience. Yeah, I mean, Millwall. it's hard to feel guilty <laughs> about um, a big insurance firm, I suppose. Um, but, you know, it obviously is bugging you at night, Millwall. The so. fact you've remember—it's not like nearly hundred quid. You remember it very carefully as ninety-six pounds. So yeah. it, it sometimes now again you're sitting there in Philly, running up and down those stairs, <laughs> and uh, and you think ninety-six. I really should send it to him, but that's uh, it's up to you. Thank Get you for letting chest, me. Um, I've got one from Jamie Mason, which is a bit of a, a reverse of the theft. He's actually complaining about something that was stolen from him. Oh, okay. Well, that, we'll have those as well. We'll have it, yeah. 30 years ago, I let Dean Smith, brackets, no, not Brentford's manager, <laughs> the game Golden Axe on the Master System. Oh, wow. Remember the Sega Master System? Can you let him know I still want it back? I don't think I'm getting it, do you? But, oh, I mean, no, I don't. Does but he, he could be listening. Does he get the Master System out now and again, the Nintendo Master, and play the old game, the vintage games? Maybe he does. I don't well, know. Well, clearly, he, he must do. If not, why is he so desperate to get his hands on Golden Axe? Listen, Dean Smith, if you're listening, do yeah. the right thing. That's Exactly. I once borrowed a Best of Jimi Hendrix tape from a friend, says Christopher. Uh, but when that type of thing happened, I was, he was going to copy it, he said. I was 16, I still have it, I'm 42 now. So you didn't copy it. There's a big difference between copying and stealing, Christopher, yeah. but, uh, and you crossed it. Mm. So it still bothers him now, though. And when, it, when you put it on, do you feel guilty? Uh, you cannot question. enjoy listening to, like, Voodoo Child. No, that's That right. cannot be an enjoyable experience. Every time you hear it... You must think of his mate. You must feel awful who's about been, yourself. Who's been robbed of that music mm. uh, for, for, what, 30-odd years? Nearly. This is an awful crime that Nick Lawton has admitted to. Yeah. I pinched a full box of Panini football stickers as a kid wow. from the local newsagents. That is outrageous. Yeah. And I got caught the next week when I went back and tried it again. Well, that's foolish. You never go back to the scene of a crime, do you? Mm. Uh, never did get that Norman Whiteside to complete my collection. Well, I don't. I can't say I've got much sympathy for you. It's quite amazing. You're two, trying to make yourself the victim here. The point is, in two full boxes, um, he didn't get one Norman Whiteside. <laughs> if I was him, I would have written a letter of complaint to Panini. Dear yeah. Panini, in two full boxes that I stole from my news agents, not one Norman. What are you going to do about it? Possibly send the police around. Mm. I, I knew this girl in Australia many years ago. I've mentioned it before. She had her car nicked, yeah. and they got the Herberts that stole it. It's quite an old car, mm. and they got the guys that stole it. And then uh, when she went to pick it up from the station, the copper said to her, um, "When we nicked him, they basically said." Well, you know, we were we were going to dump it soon because it's not roadworthy. It's got two bald tires. Yep. The brakes are dodgy. Mm. They were trying to... They'd nicked her car. Then they were slagging it off and t- <laughs> saying, uh, you should nick her, yeah. not us. So that's a bit like writing a panini. The, wor- the worst theft ever was when a bloke up our street when we were kids, Pancho, who's sort of like a family friend. And it was during Real the... Real name Pancho? Real name Pancho. Francisco. Pancho oh. is the nickname. Oh, okay. He was Bolivian. 
Oh, but he, was he? He, yeah. oh you lived in an exotic road. We're in Hammersmith, yeah. Oh, okay. He lived in the flats up Pan- the road. Pancho the Bolivian. So Pancho the Bolivian knocked round, as he did from time to time. Now, it was during the Beastie Boys era. Oh, okay. Where, do you remember, they used to wear the VW signs around their neck. Oh, yeah, they, they my, kept getting nicked off of cars, didn't my they? My mum had a very old yellow Volkswagen Derby. I don't know if you remember that particular model, but it's a right old... Oh, the the Derby. Lovely car, sir. Fully loaded, the Derby. Some roof. She had an old Volkswagen Derby, and it was already on its last legs, and Pancho (laughs) knocked on the door with a VW sign hanging round his neck. He went, look at this, I'm like one of the Beastie Boys. We stuck our head out the door, and there's our mum's car sat there with the VW sign. So we go... Wow. You know that's our mum's car, you idiot. It was like the worst case of theft. <laughs> the worst thief in the world. No master criminal, was no. it? No. Anyway, um, and David Collins absolutely right. I think he's on holiday. But if he was anywhere near a radio by now, it's definite that Max Rushton would have been straight on talking <laughs> about Trevor Nelson's <laughs> microwave. Although yeah. I got to the bottom of that. That was theft. That was pure theft. And I'm surprised Trevor didn't press charge. <laughs> There we are. I'm going to go and find myself one of those 8% lollies. They're great. The thing is, they're in the fridge. You've got to be careful. You, you know, you, go, I mean, dad, I don't drink. You, I know. But if you had them in the so fridge me, for the all missus, the kids, you, if, if the missus has them in there yeah. for herself, the booze lollies, and me and the kids could get them out, yeah. and next thing you know, we're all paralytic. That's right. It's, it's no mean, joke. Yeah, if, if your missus suddenly decides she likes wants to drink wine all afternoon, you'll see the bottles piling up. But if she's got lollies, Lo- if I just you're just relying on wrappers. All I'm doing is picking up the lolly sticks and reading the jokes. Exactly. I'm having do a whale have, of a time. Do they have jokes on them, I wonder? Do, on you boozy lollies? So, yeah. yeah, I'd like to think they still have the same sort of terrible jokes. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll catch up on Monday. Thank you, Sam. And everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the return of the football. And uh, we'll see you then. <laughs> Hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus of the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. At TalkSport, we absolutely love it when our fans get stuck in. That's why we want you to join us in The Dugout, a brilliant new TalkSport listener community. It's a place where you can tell us what sports you're into and who your favourite teams are. And tell us what you think we could do better, like big guests and new sports and that. You could win an Amazon voucher for taking part. What are you waiting for? Visit TalkSport.com dugout and get stuck in. 18 plus, terms and conditions apply.